0: Man, who's excited to be in church today? Woo. Come on. Man, I love, 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 love the 945 service. And if it's your first time here, and, and I don't look like the, uh, the pastor of Lasky's because I'm not him. <laughs> um, my name is Pastor Robert. I oversee the First Impressions uh, and small groups here at Discovery Church. And it's my honor to bring the Word of God this morning to you guys. And before we even get started, I want to take a moment just to honor... Pastor Jason and Pastor Veronica, man, they're incredible pastors, incredible leaders. And we, honestly, guys, we are spoiled at Discovery Church. The anointing, the, the the favor, and the just, man, like, I feel like heaven and God just downloads the wisdom into their minds, and they just share it every, every week, man. We are spoiled. We are, man, it's a privilege and honor to be under their leadership. And what God is doing here at Discovery, if you've been here for a while, man, God is... It is unheard of. It is absolutely unheard of for the miracles to happen, the signs and wonders that are happening within discovery. And if it's your first time here, oh, I hope you stay because buckle down because God's going to show off. <laughs> God shows off. So um, like I said, I'm glad, glad you guys are here, and I'm going to bring the, the word for it today. And who's excited to read uh, God's word this morning? Are we excited? Awesome. Awesome. And for the next 30 minutes or so that I have with you guys I want to talk about something very important in our lives. Something that has the ability to keep friendships together and even at times helps the relationship continue to go. And in the times of crisis, it is highly expressed and highly highly relied on. It's the foundation of every relationship and we call it trust. Not only just trust, but, but some of us in here today maybe have walked in with, when I say trust, it's maybe there's some things. Maybe there's some things like in our lives where maybe it's been broken. We were broken, and you know, there's events that happened or circumstances that may have happened. And, man, I've, there's really this broken trust we've experienced and it's not just you alone many people experience that many people experience broken trust and I want to take you on this journey of how can we ultimately trust again how can we trust again how can we trust people again how can we trust God again maybe you're here and you have some some experiences that have happened and you're like man I can't even trust can't trust God I'm here. I mean, the only reason I'm here today is because I was brought by my, my mom or my dad or a family member told me to tell totally come, and they wouldn't keep bugging me. <laughs> so now I'm here. But let me tell you that you're in the right place. You, right here, God has you in this in this worship center for a reason. I truly believe it. That chains are going to be broken. Bondage is going to be broken. That healing is going to happen. Restoration is going to happen. Not because I'm going to say fancy words, but because the word of God is going to be preached, and it is powerful, sharper than any, any other double-edged sword, it's going to speak truth and bring light, and we're going to be on this journey together. Amen? Amen. Amen. Just a couple weeks ago, I had uh, a crazy idea. A crazy idea was to jump out of a plane. <laughs> Listen, I don't know why people do it, but uh, I, did, I did it. Um, they call it skydiving. Uh, I went with a buddy of mine, and uh, talk about trust, you know. <laughs> You're going 13,000 feet, in the air. Perfectly fine airplane. It was working. Propellers are working. Engine's fine. And people had the crazy idea, let's jump out. But let's take it a step further. Let's put someone attached in front of us and jump out. (laughs) So I did that. And uh, like I said, talk about trust you have to have in an an individual with your life. That we are strapped together in this harness. (laughs) And when you're strapped with that skydiving instructor or professional, you can't do much really. I mean, they, they tell you some methods the ways to, you know, when you jump out of a plane, you're supposed to look, like, towards the sky. You got to do some weird heel, I don't know, heel thing. It's weird. You're in an awkward position either way. Well, the fact that you're strapped to someone's really awkward. So, but the trust I've had, you have to have with skydiving. So, we go up, you know, skydiving. We're going in the air. We're going, it's in Santa Barbara, by the way, so the view is beautiful. We see the ocean. Um, nothing against our taft skydiving, I just, you know, <laughs> I just don't want to see like dirt and field, and then, you know, <laughs> that's it, I'm in the, in the smog, anyway, <laughs> so we the sound Santa Barbara, beautiful, and we're going, and uh, the buddy, buddy of mine that I went with, uh, I'm not going to say that, I'm going to protect the company's name, because it's pretty funny, <laughs> my buddy went first, but there's a little light on the, in the plane, it's either a red light or a green light, Green light means what? means go. When red usually means don't go. Stop. Yeah, like, chill. We're not ready yet. So they open the thing, open the plane, and I'm kind of just looking. And that's when I started to get nervous. Like, oh, man, okay, there's no turning back here. Like, I'm putting my full trust in this man right here. Uh, but my buddy goes. And the funny part is uh, when he went to jump out, uh, there was a couple instructors where they looked at each other. And they looked at me. I'm like, what are you looking at me for? (laughs) And they they look at at each other again. They're like, he went on red. He went on red. And you know what they did? They laughed. (laughs) They just laughed. They're like, ah, they're fine either way. Are you ready? I was like, okay, all right, here we go. So we're like struggling. Okay, we're going to the edge of the plane here. And uh, I'm like, I'm not even thinking about red or green. I'm like, all right, here we go. I'm trusting you. So we go. We jump out. We do like some kind of flip. I remember seeing the plane for some reason. It's just flying. And then we level out. Um, and so we're, we're, you know, we're free falling at this moment. We're going, they say 120 miles an hour, 125, I don't know. Um, if you've never been skydiving, if you want to know what it's like, honestly, you can do it for free. So you just go on the 99, go about like 70 miles an hour and right? just stick your head out the window and just like, that's what it feels like. So you're just like wind everywhere and like, oh, I can't really breathe. Or, or what they tell you is you got to look up to the horizon, then you can breathe, but I forgot. So I'm just like looking down, I can't breathe. I'm like, oh yeah, look up. Um, That's a different message in itself. Look up. But (laughs) we're going down. We're going down. And we finally, the parachute finally, I think the parachute, the first part of the parachute came out. And I hear my skydiving instructor say, everything's fine. I'm like, okay. Everything's fine. He's doing his thing. This is like his thousandth jump, you know. He's done fine. This is my second. We're cool. Five seconds later, pass by. He says, everything's fine. Everything's okay. I'm like, Okay, odd. I heard you the first time. <laughs> I did? Okay. So I'm kind of, we're kind of just still kind of falling. I can hear, like, the parachute kind of, like, you can hear the wind underneath it, basically. I can't really describe it, but I know it's not, like, fully, like, out. Well, I'm not sure because I can't look up. And for the third time, guess what he says? Okay. Everything's fine. Everything's, <laughs> fine. Everything's <laughs> fine. Everything's okay. Everything's okay. I'm like, okay. You said the first time I believed you. Second time? Okay. Third time? Okay. What's... All right, here we go. I'm trusting you, bro. I paid, you know, $200 for this to die. <laughs> Back and ready, see the headlines, local pastor Dies skydiving at Santa Barbara. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Lord, here we go. And, and get and the fifth time, I kid you not, the fifth time, he says, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. I'm like, bro, okay, is everything all right? And then finally, we, I can feel like another, some other parachute came out. So we're gliding, you know and I'm like oh this is so awesome man and I remember when we landed I told him bro I didn't trust you at one point <laughs> it's like man you told me five times oh yeah yeah you know we're just I just want to let you know everything was fine I'm like bro I think you, I think you were convincing yourself and not me that everything was fine at that point but I the bottom line of that story is we there's this trust I needed to have with the skydiving instructor and the harness You know, that two-inch harness, that little thin harness we have together that's holding us together. I had to have total trust in him, total total faith in him because he's a professional. He knows what he's doing. He went to school for it. I don't know who does that for fun, but he did it. So I needed this trust with him. You see, when you Wikipedia trust, this is what comes up. When you Google trust, I should say. It's firm belief in the reliability, truth, or strength of someone or something. That's what trust is. That's what that's what we all want. We want to trust people. We want to trust God. But sometimes life happens. And broken trust begins to form in our lives because life is full of trouble and where it's not, it doesn't pan out the way we we, we planned. It doesn't happen the way we planned in our early 20s. Oh, I'm going to have a degree by 24. I'm going to have a job. I'm going to make lots of money. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And when you get to that point, it's like, oh, well, I did one of those goals. Or even maybe for the year where you're just like, yeah, I'm going I'm to do it. But life doesn't happen, and a broken trust begins to happen. And we're going to take a journey on this pathway of how does, how does it really happen, when we, when, how does it happen? How do we lose trust? How does that really happen, Robert? How does how does broken trust enter our lives? And I want you to write this down here. It's number one, it's unmet expectations. Unmet expectations with people. Unmet, you might have unmet expectations with people. See, so people in your past may have failed you. They may maybe betrayed you, belittled you, wronged you, whatever it, it may be. And I want to tell you today, people sometimes suck. (laughs) It's the reality. We're not perfect. No one in here is perfect. No one is. Romans 3.23 says this, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And we have these unmet expectations. And what it could possibly be too is we also have unrealistic expectations on people. Where we expect people to text back the very second we text them. Or it's like, oh, I'm struggling with this. Da, da, da. I'm going to send this text message out. And then, boom, send. Five minutes pass by, they didn't get the text back. I'm going to cut them off. <laughs> Whatever. I don't need them in my life. I don't trust you anymore. I don't trust you. I call you. You don't answer. I call you. I leave a voicemail. And I wait an hour, and you don't call back. Well, you know what? I don't, need, I don't need you in my life. And we forget these, that people also have lives. <laughs> that people have responsibilities. They got bills to pay. But could it be that we have unrealistic expectations on people? Or what about this? What if we, what if we had unrealistic expectations on God? On oh, God, I thought when I was a crit, when I accepted Jesus, my life was gonna be amazing. It's gonna be. I'm gonna get promotions. I'm gonna make a lot of money. I'm gonna get that house I wanted with a low interest rate. It's going to have five bedrooms, a pool in each room. I don't know why I just said that, but they're going to have a pool in the backyard. We're going to have dogs. I'm going to get them. My life's going to be great. All right, except that Jesus, Pastor Jason told me to raise my hand. All right, here we go. And it doesn't happen. And you're like, what the heck? could it be that it's because God doesn't want to make you happy. He's more concerned about making you holy. He is more concerned about to make you more about his, to make you look more like Jesus, so that you can go out and be Jesus in your workplace, so that you can be Jesus in traffic, so that you can be Jesus in your workplace, so you can be. Could it be that God wants to make you holy, and not happy? It's this un, unmet expectation. I hope I can bring some clarity with that because. That is one of the reasons why we lose trust, why the foundation was cracked, and why we can't build upon relationships because it was unmet expectations. But even with unmet expectations, there's something else comes up, too, after unmet expectations, and it's this. It's unresolved wounds. Unresolved wounds. Ephesians 4.26 says this. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And I want to tell you today that, yes, you can feel emotion, you can feel that anger, but don't stay there. Don't stay mad. Don't stay in your emotions. Don't stay there because it is dangerous when you stay there and you leave these wounds unresolved. Has anyone in here got a splinter? Yes, I see a lot of hands, hands here, especially if you work in construction, you work outside. I don't, so I really don't, but I did, I did get a splinter when I was little, and I know they suck, and you get that little piece of wood in your, in your, in your hand for the most part, and that's what a wound, what a, what a wound is. It's, a, it's like a splinter. Unresolved wounds are like a splinter, and then when we go around our daily lives, if we don't treat that wound, and we go to shake someone's hand or someone touches the wound, what's our first reaction? like, ah! Why did you touch that part of my life? Why did you do that? And you blow up? And there's like, oh my gosh! And now we have four confused people. Like, why did you blow up? I just shook your hand. Like, why did you blow up? It's because there's unresolved wounds in our lives. See, and it's not necessarily their fault either. But we have to take responsibility of those wounds of our own personal wounds. It's not the person next to us. It's not their fault that we have wounds. And if it is, just look straight. Don't look at them. <laughs> Keep looking at me. But what I'm saying is, it is our responsibility to heal from the wound. We can't project healing on other people. We can't expect other people, other people just come come to, come to my life, come to my life, heal me, heal me, give me wisdom, give me wisdom and knowledge, give me, give me advice, give me this, give me this, and be a taker, taker, taker. But we need to take ownership of our wounds, and what I love about God is that one of my favorite favorite verses is that God is close to the brokenhearted, and you may be in here that have unres- you may have unres- unresolved wounds and hurts. In a broken heart, I want to tell you today today that God is here and he is near and he is close to you, son. He is close to you, daughter. And that you don't have to stay here. You don't have to stay in this state of unresolved wounds. You don't have to have that splinter in your hand. But God can heal you. He can work miracles. He can restore. He can take back what the devil has taken from you today if you were just to bring it to him. Unmet expectations. Unresolved wounds, they all play a part in breaking this foundation of trust that we that we need to have with relationships, that we need to have with our Heavenly Father. But if we leave those unresolved wounds, it's gonna we can easily start building up a wall around us, and hearts can grow calloused, and we can be numb from our emotions. And I want to give another reason why trust may be broken and before I give you this this point here is I want to I want to encourage you put down some walls put down some walls and really receive what God wants to speak to you today put down those walls in what does he want to speak because when we go to unmet expectations we have unresolved wounds it's breaking the trust and it's gonna it's gonna go into this and it goes into self-deception self-deception. And it's because we have those walls and our hearts are callous. We don't see very clearly anymore. We don't see see ourselves clearly anymore. One of the greatest arts that you can do as an individual is be self-aware. Is be self-aware of your strengths, the things you're good at, and the things that you're not so good at, and the things that hurt, and the things that bring you joy. It's one of the arts that I think is lost in our culture is where people really don't know how they really are emotionally, mentally, spiritually. But if you can, if you can get this, this, this art of self-awareness, it'll be harder for you to fall into self-deception. And I love what 1 John uh, chapter 1, verse 8 says. If we claim to have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. And that's the state where where we're not really aware, and there's just something that sneaks up on us, that everyone's prone to, everyone, this thing that sneaks up, and it, it can hinder you really well, and it's called pride. It's called pride. When, when we're in this, this, this uh, state of self-deception, pride can come up and sneak up on you and have you thinking thoughts of, I'm better than them. I'm better than the next person. I'm better than the next person sitting next to me. You know, maybe I don't sin as, as, you know, often as they do. I don't do what they do. I don't post on social media what they post. I don't. But by Romans 3.23, everyone has fallen short of the glory of God. No one in here is perfect. No one in here is better than the other. See, when God looks down, look, looks down, he doesn't see, you know, a little chart. Oh, look, Johnny's doing great, but Sally? Woo. Did you see what she posted last week? Woo, God doesn't do that. Sin is sin. It'll always be black and white. Sin and sin. That's what separates us. That's what ultimately separates us. See, the dangers of pride is ha- also having God oppose you. God opposes the proud. He opposes the proud. You think you, you built this whole life? You think you're, you're perfect? You think you're perfect? And then... What you're going to realize is you're going to have God, the Almighty, going to be opposed to you. He does not like pride, does not like proud. I'm here giving you a warning. I know it's kind of heavy this morning, but I want to give you a warning. I want to give you a warning. God opposes the proud That It's really that God, God gave you that mind to think of that business. God gave you those gifts, gave you those talents, gave you that unique personality to for his kingdom. For you to use the story that God gave you a gift. What are you going to do with your times? What are you going to do with the talents he's given you? What are you going to do with that? We can fall into that. self-deception. We can, and the trust and the foundation can be broken, but I'm not going to leave you there. We're not going to stay here. I'm not just going to leave you those three points and say, well, that's how trust is broken. Goodbye. Go get some Chipotle or whatever. Go get some lunch. But there's some tools we can have that the Word of God teaches that we can ultimately build trust again, that we can trust people, and we can trust God again. And I'm ready because I know it's too, many far, too many people have, are staying in this position here, and it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart because we were not meant to do life alone. We're not meant to, to cut off people, cut off relationships, and cut off God. We're meant to be in unity together. Because when we're in unity together, oh, man. When we're in unity, unity together, Bakersfield will be changed. Your family will be changed. Your life will be changed because we're in unity, and we can trust people, and we can trust God again we can trust again see learning to trust again is not so much of a plan okay but it's a mindset with, that we need to live out daily it's a mindset that we need to have and the first one is this right here write this down is if we want to build trust again we need to forgive others forgive others Ephesians 4 32 says be kind and compassionate to one another Forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. He forgave you. See, forgiving is a reminder of how much we've been forgiven. What Jesus did on the cross 2,000 years ago is an example or a reminder, I should say, that you are forgiven and that you are worth that forgiveness. That you are worth Jesus dying on the cross and that's what God's plan was. When Adam and Eve fell, when they ate that, that fruit, God already had a plan. Like, this is how, it's, this is how. Jesus, you're going to go down. You're going to go down, you're going to be the ultimate sacrifice for the children but so we can live in unity, so I can have relationship with you. And if you're in here thinking today that you're not, worth, you're not worthy of God's love, that, you, that you've messed up in the past, that you've done something so horrible, whether it was last night, last week, you drank something, you smoked something, you did horrible things in your past. I just want to say today that the forgiveness is available for you and now, and it can happen today. And God doesn't see you as this uh, unworthy person, but he sees you as a son and a daughter, and he wants to speak to you, and he wants to love you today. I don't know what people told you in the past or what the devil told you, the enemy told you in the past, but you are loved. You are worthy. You are worthy. And we we should reciprocate that love to others. Reciprocate that forgiveness we first received. And I know you might be thinking this. Robert, I hear you. Forgive others. I hear you. But they're the ones that wanted to end the marriage. They're the ones that, it was their idea to walk out. It was their, they, they did it. And I, had, I happened to be on the receiving end. And I want to tell you today, I know, I hear you. I hear, I hear that hurt. I see that hurt. But what I also see is the potential of your life when you release that. I see the callings that are going to happen. I see the destinies that are going to be walked into because of what? Because we're going to forgive. Because we've been forgiven. I can see the families being restored. I can see new businesses being propped up for the glory of God. I see future pastors being born. Future worship leaders being born. Missionaries being born. I see that. I see the potential that can happen. We forgive. And Colossians 3.13 says, bear with each other and forgive one another. If if any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. When Jesus forgave you, he says, I don't remember your sin anymore. Oh, don't you love that? I don't remember. No, I choose to forget. If you ask for forgiveness, it's here. It's because what Jesus did. It's what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. And I want to speak on this a little bit. And before I say this next line, is I want you to get some godly people around you. And I want you to be in prayer because I'm gonna say this statement, and y'all gonna run wild with it. <laughs> it's gonna be on YouTube. It's gonna be on Facebook. But pray freely, consider this, and have godly mentors around you. Okay? There may be some people in your life that you need to let go. Now I'm not talking about your husband. I'm not your wife, because they didn't wash the dishes. You're like, I'm done. I'm done. You never wash dishes. But no, but there are they're un- unhealthy people in our lives, and we need to create boundaries around your life. Now, I can't stress this enough. Don't go off cutting people off left and right. You need to recognize that some relationships actually require us to do the work of forgiveness, and that's before re- reconciliation can happen. See, so some relationships, oh, I'm, you need to fight for, you need to pray for, some relationship says, no, I'm here. I married you. I am here through thick and thin, through whatever may come. I am here. Be prayerfully, prayerfully consider that. have some godly mentors around you. And, and, and get rid of those unhealthy people and have those boundaries around you and your life. And what does an unhealthy person really look like? An unhealthy person is someone that's constantly hurting you and harming you. Someone that is constantly hurting you or or just very harmful. See, write this down. It's not in your notes, but write this down somewhere. Expect the potential of future pain in relationships without expecting it from every relationship. Because people are messy. We're messy. People are messy. There's gonna be challenges, there's gonna be trials. But don't always expect every relationship to be hard. Don't, every, don't expect every relationship to be toxic. Don't expect every relationship and they're out to get me. No. People, God's gonna bring you people. God's gonna bring you people, He's gonna bring you friends. Who likes friends? I like friends. But God wants to bring people. That's why we push community so much here at Discovery. And I'm not gonna say that because I'm a small groups pastor, but but it's because it's God's way and God's way works. God's way works when we're in unity, but but if we have this broken trust, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And this is why we're rebuilding trust. It's forgive others. And write this down. And be a friend. See, to find a friend, you must first be a friend. Proverbs seventeen seventeen says this. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. See, a true friend shows love no matter what. A true friend will be there. A true friend will be, have that unconditional love towards one of another. In Proverbs 27, uh, verse 5 through 6 says, Better is, open, is an open rebuke than hidden love. So it, a, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Hashtag Judas. <laughs> but here I read this out. A true friend rebukes when necessary. And done in love. Make sure you circle that. And done in love. See, to be really a really true and authentic friend, we need to call out some stuff in our friends that are, you know, not, not as godly, you know. If, they, if they're cussing people out on the freeway, like, hey, what does the Bible say about, you know, the words coming out of your mouth? But rebuke, they help, help people keep accountable Have that accountability is not a bad word. I always tell people accountability is not a bad word. It actually strengthens your relationship with that person. Hold people accountable. That's one of the ways we can build trust. And I want to speak to the parents here for a bit, too, is when you discipline your child, it's not because you just do it for fun, but you do it because you love them, right? You want them to grow up to be a man of God. You want them to grow up to be a woman of God, right? You just don't go one day like, oh, I'm going to discipline my child. But no, you go and say, oh, it's because I want to see you grow up and do everything God has called you to do and be that man that, that God has called you to be. And same thing with God. God disciplines us because he loves us. And he sees you're going down the wrong path. He says, no, no, come this way. Come this way. You're going to learn, but come this way. He disciplines those he loves. So if you have discipline, you're loved. You are loved. So we need to uh, keep our friends accountable. And I love Proverbs 16:28. It says, a dishonest man spreads strife And a whisperer separates close friends. See, a true friend doesn't gossip. I love this word, a whisperer. Whisperer separates close friends. How is the volume of your voice? How has the volume of your voice been these past couple of weeks, past couple of days? Are you a whisperer? Have you been a whisperer? Are you are you gossiping? Are you in the lobby judging people? Cuz they got 5 donuts. <laughs> Crispy cream so <laughs> but They am not like that. say cheated on his taxes. Cheated on his wife. Cheated on his husband. Did you see that? How's the tone? How is the, the volume of your voice? Are you being a whisper? Are you being a gossiper? Because the gossipers will ruin people. And I love the fact here at Discovery Church, we have a zero zero tolerance policy, and we tell our leaders here all the time: if you even get a hint of gossip, you go whoop, snip it in the butt and say, "Hey, here, at Discovery, we don't gossip." Because it is something that murders people with their words. Gossip has the potential to murder people and murder their character. As no a matter of fact, if you even hear gossip, just take that person, take, take them to who they're talking to, talking about, and say, hey, deal with it. Like, hey, we're gonna go to that person. But our, a true friend doesn't gossip, and that's one of the ways we build trust. We build trust by forgiving others, by being a friend. We're rebuilding trust by, write this down too, by being vulnerable. Being vulnerable with people. I know it's scary. It is scary. It is. But I want want to encourage you. James chapter 5, verse 16 says this. This is why we need to be vulnerable. This is why it says, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. Now, I'm not saying you go after this service and go to the lobby and say, hey, everyone, this is what I struggle with. These are my sins right here. pastor said, confess my sins to one another. But what I'm saying is you get people around you that are trustworthy and that have the best intentions for your life, and you say, this is what I'm struggling with. This is what I need help with. See, trust isn't... Trust isn't earned without sharing. We have to be vulnerable with one another. Not just with one another, but be vulnerable with God as well. Be vulnerable with God. Yeah, he knows what's going on in your life, but what God wants wants of you is that relationship. He wants you to speak to him. He wants you to bring that hurt to him. He wants you to bring that challenge to him. He wants you. You know why? It's because he can fulfill that need. He can fulfill that need. He, he can fulfill that hurt. He can help you with that hurt. He can help you build trust. And I know what you're, and you may be thinking, and you may be even here today, and you, you're like, well, this is my first time here, kind of first time hearing God, that he actually wants to hear me, he actually wants to love on me, and, and, and trying to build trust here. That may be you. I want to tell you, I want you to go all in and say, yes, God, I'm going to go all in. What else do we have to lose? What else do you have to lose? I've been trying it my own way, but I'm going to go all in. And you may be a skeptic here. I want to read Psalms 146. It says, it's not in your notes, but it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, all of your troubles and trials, all of your challenges. All of it, not just a part of it. Don't hide Don't hide the certain parts of your lives from God, but all of it. And do not lean on your own understanding. Do not lean on your own finite thinking, your limited thinking, but trust in the God that created you. Trust in the God that created this earth, created the universe, created the galaxies, the Milky Way. Created this perfect solar system so that we can have life today. in that God trust in that God and do not lean on your own understanding because we have limits we're sinful whereas God's knowledge surpasses our limits and has the best intentions for your life and we're building trust today building trust now some of you lost the trust, but I encourage you, let's go on this pathway. Let's trust again. We can trust people again. We can trust God again. And not lean on our own understanding.